Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for our study of the Bible. Here we study the Bible and we aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. By the grace of God, we have done 25 books of the Bible. And if you've not been able to listen to the podcast we've done straight from the book of Genesis, I ask you to please visit our app. That's Bible In-Depth Network. Or you can also find them on all podcast platforms. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podbean. Name it, you'll find all podcasts there. And I believe the Lord shall speak to you as you listen. Because there's no limitation to Revelation. God reveals his word to everybody shows need. Everybody who wants God to speak to them, he will come out and he will speak to you. His word is new every morning. Today you get a message. Tomorrow you get another from the same scripture speaking into your current situation. That's how strong, how powerful the word of the Lord is. Yesterday we started on our book of Ezekiel and uh, today I want us to continue with our study, we looked at chapter 1 yesterday. And where we ended, after Ezekiel has, has seen all sorts of images and frightening things, if I might say, to the eye of a man, he sees the glory of the Lord. He sees above the expanse, and he sees a throne with one on it. And that is the glory of the Lord, an experience he sees for himself. And where we ended yesterday, when he saw it, he fell on his face and had a voice speaking to him. And that voice starts in chapter 2. Then he said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet that I may speak with you. At this point, he has fallen. What he has seen is beyond his imagination, beyond what he ever thought he could see. Because God decided to reveal himself to him. That's what we've been talking about, revelation of God. God can make a decision to reveal himself to you, and he does that for everybody, just like he does it for Ezekiel. At this point, he's fallen down, but God says, stand on your feet that I may speak to you. Get up, yeah, because when God is speaking, he wants to talk to you when you're up, not in in hiding, yeah, and even in... What we do even today, he does not speak to those in hiding. You come out in boldness. But listen, where does he get the strength to get up? Because in his human state, you cannot even get up. Verse 2, as he spoke to me, the Spirit entered me and set me on my feet. And I heard him speaking to me. There is something special that happens. The Spirit entered him. The Spirit And here we're not just talking about his spirit. The spirit of the Lord himself comes and enters him. He says, the, the spirit entered me and set me up on my feet. And then he starts to hear God speak to him. There are things clearly that come out here. That in your human state you remain frightened. In your human state... You remain scared. But when the Spirit of the Lord has come upon you, you get the boldness to get out. 
That's what happens even to the disciples in Acts. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon them and they get out in boldness. They can rise up. They can stand on their feet. In everything you do, you need the Spirit of God. When he comes upon you, you can get up on your feet. And you can start to listen to the word and you can start to get out and speak the word and preach and go out and pray for people, lay hands and let people be healed. But that starts with the spirit of the Lord coming upon you. So when the spirit does that upon Ezekiel, he is able to get up on his feet because now he's in a state that can listen. He's in a state that can understand what's going on. He's in a state that can get instruction. How does that come? It comes by the Spirit of the Lord. As a Christian, for everything that I do, for everything that I am, I need the Spirit of God. It will take away that state of being timid, fearing to go out and preach to your friends at work, fearing you need the Spirit of the Lord that When he has come upon you, all things are possible. So he tells him here, get out of your state, your humanly state that has just seen visions that you don't even comprehend. Right now, get up. And how does he do that? By the power of the spirit that comes upon him, that sets him on his feet. When the spirit of the Lord comes upon you, you are set on your feet. When the spirit of the Lord comes upon you, you get the strength. That's what happens to Ezekiel. So he starts to hear him speak. Then he said to me, son of man, I'm sending you to the sons of Israel, to a rebellious people who have rebelled against me. Now, when we get back in history a bit, the southern kingdom, that's Judah, the northern kingdom, that's Israel, with the ten tribes that got lost after the assimilations that happened during the empire of Assyria when they come and take them captive. Now, when they start to speak Israel here, they may not necessarily be talking about the ten tribes, but rather Judah, because that remained more or less the state that was still together, which eventually comes out to bring out the state of Israel, as you see it. Just that tribe, the tribe of Judah and the small tribe of Benjamin that occupy the southern part, the Judah kingdom, uh, will get the reference of the sons of Israel because irrespective of the fact that their 10 other brothers are lost, they've been assimilated and they are considered lost tribes, there are at least these two which you can recognize and you still call them Israel. So he says, I'm sending you to those, I'm sending you to the sons of Israel, to a rebellious people who have rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this day. We've looked at that a number of times, yeah? How the people of Israel rebelled against God, how they did not listen to God, how they did things in their own sight, forgot about what he told them to do. And those are the people he is sending Ezekiel to. And says, I am sending you to them who are stubborn and obstinate children. He knows them. He says, I'm sending you to a stubborn group of people. I'm sending you to a group that does not listen. Yeah? People who have hardened their hearts. People who don't listen when I speak to them. That's the group I'm sending you to. And he says, You shall say to them, 
Thus says the Lord God, As for them, whether they listen or not, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. You, you've been among them. You are also brought captive with them. They will know that I have set a prophet even in their midst, even in their captivity, there is a prophet among them. And you, son of man, neither fear them nor fear their words. Though thistles and thorns are with you, and you sit on scorpions, neither fear their words nor be dismayed at their presence, for they are a rebellious house. Case in point is Jeremiah himself. These guys scared Jeremiah in his time. When we were reading, yeah, when we were reading about um, Jeremiah, we saw. Oftentimes, they even promised to kill him. Even they got him, threw him in a cistern. We looked at that when we were handling Jeremiah. And this is a message going out to Ezekiel saying, do not fear those men because they are the same. Yeah, Don't fear what they have to say. Don't fear this, the scaring that they have to bring upon you. Yeah, You go and speak to them what I have told you. Do not fear, but you shall speak my words to them, whether they listen or not, for they are rebellious. The word of God is not preached to only those who listen. Even those who are rebellious, even those who bring worries, bring opposition, you speak and you leave it there to them. Whether they listen or not, they've had the opportunity to hear the word of God. So it's the same case here. Ezekiel is known to say, these are a group that don't listen, so I'm not going to go out and preach to them. No. Saying, God tell them, even if they don't listen, you would have told them. Yeah. Now, you son of man, listen to what I'm speaking to you. Do not be rebellious like that rebellious house. You know, there's a tendency for us also as leaders, uh, those that God has sent out to go and preach his word to be rebellious. And he's warning him, saying, you should also not become like those rebellious people, that you don't want to listen to the word that I'm going to speak. And it says, now you son of man, listen to what I'm going to speak to you. Don't be rebellious like them. Open your mouth and eat what I am giving you. Then I looked, and behold, a hand was extended to me, and lo, a scroll was in it. When he spread it out before me, it was written on the front and back, and written on it were lamentations, mourning, and war. Yeah? There's a scroll here. And the picture here of eating it is practically, you're going to get these words. And you're going to put them inside you that you'll go out and speak to the people these words which are written on this scroll. They are lamentations, they are groanings, they are sorrowful things, but you're going to speak them. Chapter 3, then he said to me, son of man, eat what you find. Eat this scroll and go speak to the house of Israel. Take my word, get out and speak. The word that you speak is within you. That's why you have to create room for the word. You have to create a good environment for the word of God because it needs a place to sit that when it comes out, it is of impact. So he's telling him, eat the scroll. Take it in. My words shall be within you. You shall be able to get out and speak to the people. Verse 3. So, verse 2. So I opened my mouth and he fed me the scroll. He said to me, son of man, feed your stomach. And fill your body with this scroll which I'm giving you. Then I ate it 
and it was as sweet as honey in my mouth. What has happened here? When you look at Psalms chapter 19 verse 10, it says more to be desired when they than gold, yeah, than much fine gold, sweeter than honey, also sweeter than honeycomb. 119 verse uh, 103, how sweet are your words unto my test, yeah, sweeter than honey to my mouth. It's practically the word of God, that it's sweet. The word of God, sweeter than anything. Of course, comparison here is with honey, that it's the sweetest thing that people have ever tested. But the word of God is sweeter. That when you take it in, when you go out to read the word of God, you feel refreshed. You feel like you've taken in something that is of value, that gives you strength. That's why we study the word every day and we get out and read our Bibles and look at what is God saying because it refreshes us. It gives us that sweet taste like honey. And when Ezekiel is given to eat this scroll, that's what he feels. Yeah. And from what we read through the word, it does not appear like he's the only one who has eaten the scroll. We looked at it with Jeremiah. Even in Revelation chapter 10 verse 9, And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall make your belly bitter, but it shall be in your mouth sweet as honey. While it goes in through the mouth, it's sweet. When it hits the belly, it gets bitter. It starts to create the discomfort because you feel the words, the strength of the words that they need to go out. When you have a bad tummy, what you want is to let out. You want it to come out. Now, the words that are written on this scroll are lamentations. And they will not sit because after he has eaten, and if he's all sweet as honey, like in reference to the one of Revelation, when it reaches the belly, you want to bring it out. When the word of God has come into you, and you've taken it in, you still want to bring it out. Because with it, you have to speak to people so that they are convicted to change. You have to speak to the wickedness that's going on so that you tell people that you need to stop that life. God demands such a life from you. Because when the word sits in you, it does not watch evil and be comfortable. You want to bring out the word of God. What does God say about this evil that is being done? The word has come in, but it needs to come out because within you, it is bitter. You look at evil and you don't want it in your presence. You speak against it. So here, Ezekiel eats and he says it's as sweet as honey. Then he said to me, son of man, now it's time. Go to the house of Israel and speak with my words to them. For you are not being sent to a people of unintelligible speech all difficult language, but to the house of Israel. You're being sent to people who are going to understand what you're saying. You're not going to speak a new language to them. No, you're speaking to them things they understand. You're from the same place, same house. Yeah. So he says, go out to them, not to many peoples of unintelligible speech or difficult language whose words you cannot understand. They will speak to you, will understand you, speak to them, they will understand. That's what he's telling him. But I have sent you to them who 
should listen to you. Yet the house of Israel, listen, will not be willing to listen to you since they are not willing to listen to me. I have spoken to them for years. I have been directing them for seasons. They don't listen to me. Now you go. Speak to them, but they are not going to be willing to listen to you. Sometimes God sends you to hostile environments, hostile places, where they are not even going to listen to you, but you have to deliver the message. That's the same thing here. Israel, the house of Israel, they are not willing to listen, but you go and deliver Ezekiel. Go and deliver. Surely, the whole house of Israel is stubborn and obstinate. This is clear. Because for the people that Jeremiah has talked to for years, and they have seen some of his prophecies accurately come to pass, but still disbelieve and still go on and mess up with God and end up in captivity. They are stubborn. They are obstinate. Behold, I have made your face as hard as their faces and your forehead as hard as their foreheads. For him, for them they've made their position hard of disobedience. But also God has made Ezekiel's position of obedience and honor and focus hard that he will speak to them. However hard it is. Like Emery Hunter than Flint, I have made you for it. Do not be afraid of them or be dismayed before them, though they are a rebellious house. Hmm? He's telling him, don't be afraid. Moreover, he said to me, son of man, take into your heart all my words which I speak to you and listen closely. Go to the exiles, to the sons of your people, and speak to them and tell them whether they listen or not. Thus says the Lord God. Then the Spirit lifted me up, and I heard a great rumbling sound behind me. Blessed be the glory of the Lord in his place. And I heard the sound of the wings of the living beings being touching one another, and the sound of the wheels beside them, even a great rumbling, like we saw in chapter 1. So the Spirit lifted me up and took me away, and I went embittered in the rage of my spirit, and the hand of the Lord was strong within me. There is a certain strength, energy, power that has come upon him after the Spirit of God has come. And he is in strength. Remember, he has already received his word. We receive the word of God in the, his presence. When we are in his presence, he speaks to us that he has given to him. We have seen him being told, eat the scroll, so the word is within, within him. And now it's time to go out. And now he's going out to a strong people, but God has given him more strength. When you're going out to preach in a mission somewhere and it's a very hostile environment, strong people. But guess what? You go stronger because you go with the spirit of the Lord. He lifts you and sends you to that place in power. And you go also in power, in strength. Here he says, the hand of the Lord was strong on me. He felt it. You can feel it when the strength of the Lord is upon you. You can feel it when the power of the Lord is upon you and now it's time to go and fight. Go and take over. Go and speak the word of God. The man who was timid falling on the face, on his face hiding from God, right now is saying, I am strong. I am ready. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
He has lifted me high. The hand of the Lord is upon me. I feel the strength. I'm not hiding anymore. I'm strong and ready. That comes even upon us when we get out in ministry. You who are shy to speak to a congregation, thousands of people, and saying, what am I going to say? Where will the words come from? After the Lord has put his word within you and you stand before them, there's power. You feel the hand of the Lord. Power upon you that you get out and speak. Because it's no longer about your strength. It's a spirit that is upon you, that is leading you to go out and speak his word. So, then I came to the exiles who lived beside. He's now ready to get out. Yeah, He says, I came out to the exiles who lived beside the river Chiba at Tel Abib. And I sat there seven days where they were living, causing consternation among them. The state in which Ezekiel is right now, Bible tells you, while he was seated in his presence, he caused consternation. Consternation is a feeling of anxiety or fear. Yeah, He caused them to fear. They were looking at him and they were scared, saying, what is up with this guy? What is upon him? At the end of the seven days, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, I have appointed you a watchman to the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, warn them from me. He's been given a role. He's been given an appointment. He's a prophet. But God now says, you are my watchman. What do watchmen do? They represent God. They speak for God. And they are watchmen that are actively doing that. And Ezekiel is supposed to be one of them. He's supposed to be one of them. And God has said, you shall represent me. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 8 says, Thy watchmen shall lift up the voice. With the voice together shall they sing. For they shall see eye to eye when the Lord shall bring again Zion. The watchmen shall also witness. Those that God has set apart, those that speak his word, shall witness what will happen in those days to come. Now here, Ezekiel has become part of those who shall witness the goodness of God. But also there are watchmen who sleep. In Isaiah 56.10, we see his watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. Sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. They are then watchmen. You're supposed to be watching, but you end up sleeping. And what happens when the watchman is sleeping? The thieves enter, and they go and destroy. They go and steal. So here he's appointed a watchman over Israel. What says Ezekiel? I'm appointing you. You're my watchman over them. And whenever you hear my word, Speak it. As a person, God has given responsibility. It's mandatory for you to speak the word that the Lord has given, however hard it is. You know, sometimes God tells you to speak words and send out a message and it's tough and it's hard. And you're saying, how are they going to receive it? Won't they get angry with me? Will they speak to me again? Won't they beat me up like they did for Jesus in the synagogue? When they wanted to throw him over a cliff because of the word that he spoke and saying, 
Watchman, Ezekiel, when I tell you, say it. And there's somebody out there, and God has been speaking to you about something. God has been giving you a message to send to someone, to send to your congregation, to send to your church. And he says, when he gives you the word, you need to speak it. So he says, when I say to the wicked, you, shall, you will surely die. And you do not warn him. All speak out to warn the wicked from his wicked way that he may live. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Now, that is hard. Whatever is happening to Ezekiel right now is not easy. God is telling him, if I've given you a word, and you're going to go out and speak to the wicked person, that this is what God demands of you, this is what God desires of you, change your life, and you decide not to go and speak, because you are scared, because you fear what they will think about you, because you fear what your friend shall start to to say about you, all treat you, or will they even remain your friends after that? And he says, if you don't warn that person, and they keep on in their wicked life, and they die because they've not changed, he tells him, that blood I'll require at your hand. You are responsible. You are responsible for the, pre- the gospel you don't preach. You're responsible for the word of God that is within you that you don't bring out. You're responsible for those God has told you to go out and give a message. And you, you decide not to because you're scared. And when you don't take out the message and they die in iniquity, you're responsible, Ezekiel. How many people has God told you to go and speak to? What message has God given you about your friend? What does God ask you to tell somebody who is dying in iniquity, wickedness? And you got scared. And you said, I prefer to keep the friendship than to speak words that are going to break us. If that person dies in iniquity, you have a part to play with it. And here he tells him clearly that if you don't want them and they die in their iniquity, his blood, that the one who has died in wickedness, shall be required at your hand. Verse 19, yet, listen, this is the beauty of it. Yet if you have warned the wicked and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered yourself. It's not your fault if they don't believe. It's not your fault if they refuse to listen. You go, deliver the message. Leave it to them. If they listen and change, praise be to God. If they refuse to change, you've done your job. And that's what we always say when it comes to preaching. We say, what if I go and they refuse? What if I go and tell people to accept Christ and they say they will not? And they laugh at me, they scoff, they scorn and do all that to me. This is the issue, my friend. Like it was here being told to Ezekiel, so it is with you. That if you speak and they listen, praise be to God. If you speak and they refuse, you've done your part. You don't have to force people to get saved. You don't have to force people to believe in God. You go and speak the word of God. If they refuse, you have delivered yourself. You have spoken the word. You've preached the gospel 
Deliver the message. What has God told you to deliver? Deliver that message. If it is received positively, praise be to God. If it received negatively and they hate you, you have delivered yourself. He says in verse 20 again, when a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and I place an obstacle before him, he will die. Since you have not warned him, he shall die in his sin. In his sin. And his righteous deeds, which he has done, shall not be remembered. But his blood I will require at your hand. He's saying, this also goes to the righteous. You know, there are people, and you're walking with God. And you're standing with God, but we fall. When you fall, it's important that you get up. And when you see the righteous fall, it's important that you speak to them and remind them and tell them about Christ. Tell them that what you've done is wrong. That's in a life of iniquity and you've got to get out of it. Tell them because if you don't and they keep falling, those who are righteous, he says, I'll require that at your hand. So when you see evil being done, even in the church, even in the confines of God, you, you ought to speak out. You ought to tell them because it will be required. However, if you have warned the righteous man that the righteous should not sin and he does not sin, he shall surely live because he took the warning and you have delivered yourself. Even in the righteous place, you talk about sin. You know, there's a gospel these days. Don't talk about sin. There's nothing. You should speak about that. It was, no, even to the righteous, speak and warn. Warn them about sin, even if they are living a righteous life. Yeah, so that they always stand. The hand of the Lord was on me there. And he said to me, get up, go out to the plain, and there I'll speak to you. So I got up and went out to the plain. And behold, the glory of the Lord was standing there, like the glory which I saw by the river Chiba, and I fell on my face. Now, he's gone and he's seen it again, like he saw in chapter 1. He falls to his face. Then the Spirit entered me and made me stand on my feet. You know, whenever he would fall, the spirit would say, hey, get up. And he spoke with me and said to me, go shut yourself up in your house. As for you, son of man, they will put ropes on you and bind you with them so that you cannot go out among them. Just like they did for Jeremiah. Hey, the people of God are persecuted. Servants of God are persecuted. You may not be tied on ropes, but there is something they are doing probably in persecution for you. Yeah, that will happen. Yeah. So he says, moreover, I'll make your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth so that you be mute and cannot be a man who rebukes them for their rebellious house. Whatever they do to you, you won't even be able to speak. And that will be my cause, he's saying to him. But when I speak to you, I'll open your mouth and you'll say to them, thus says the Lord God, he who hears, let him hear. He who refuses, let him refuse. For they are rebellious house. Those who have ears should hear and do as God says. Those who refuse still all up to them. May we pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your direction. We thank you for you speak to us and give life to us. May your spirit come upon us. Speak to us, direct us, and may we walk as you want us to walk all the days of our lives. We exhort you and give you glory and honor in Jesus' name we pray.